Eastcast and reports from coastal stations. East Utsira, West Utsira, Southwest Utsira and North Northeast Utsira. Wind Southwest, rain at times, good. Forties, fifties, sixties, Tyne, Dogger, German Bite, French Kiss and Swiss Roll. Westerly becoming cyclonic, good. Right here in London's East End. Operating at any level, any time, anywhere, and with anybody. Who are they? One might be your secretary, your doctor's receptionist, or a dancer in a go-go club. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Now, now, now. Hello and welcome to Eastcast here at the Total Refreshment Centre. So at Eastcast we come together to delve into the arts, the culture, the people of East London. My name's Nia Sharpentier and I'm here with Pearl Wise and Anna Xavier. Yes, hello. So for today's show we have a brilliant selection of interviews which include Dawson DJ legend Newton Dunbar and then the director of Photo Month Maggie Penhorn. And we also talk to the founder of Willie Badger, an online magazine that documents their life in Clapham. And also Alexi from the Total Refreshment Centre, where we are actually broadcasting right now. Yeah, I think we need to say a little bit about that. We're, um, it's quite a DIY session today oh, for yeah. East Coast. Yeah. Um, Definitely DIY. <laughs> We've got some old school equipment. Oh, yes. With a and we're recording deck. on tape. There you go. Um, there's a band really. There's a band uh, doing a sound check, wow. which you might be able to hear as well. So lots of stuff going on at the but Total we did, uh, Refreshment Centre. we did Centre. Crisp Street Market show. So from that, you know, we can, we yeah, can broadcast from We can handle really. anything. <laughs> and by the way, Anna, it's the Wiley Badger, not the Willy Badger. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So as usual, all the music played on the show is by bands and, arti- oh, by bands and artists playing in East London over the month of November. So we'll be delving into the sounds of Goodbye Channel, Savages and Boningen, Cat Power and Josie Four. But let's uh, start with a little something to wake you up.
Um, it's all going off here. Um, that's what happens when you do live radio. So that was Venetian Snares with Shaky sometimes and... Uh, kind of what I'm feeling a little bit now slightly shaky um so that's uh Venetian Snare's very prolific Canadian drum corps producer and he'll be playing um in East London probably to promote the newly released album My Love as a Bulldozer on Planet Moo um this guy has a bit of a guru-like status on stage um I've seen him play live and fans are literally like trancing out in front of him just because it's just quite mental what he plays so a great experience very hot and sweaty um so that was one of the more chilled tracks um, (laughs) from the album uh, which was released in june so venetian snares will be playing at the laundry on saturday the 15th of november thanks pearl so now um as we're here recording in new surroundings at the total refreshment center in stoke newington we thought we would hear a little bit more about what they do my name is Alexis Blondel. I've uh, been running the Total Refreshment Center for two years and a half now, and it's a um, multifunctional space for live music. Uh, it's a recording studio and rehearsal studio as well. And uh, so I DJ and produce music too, but we've mainly been focusing on getting this place off the ground and make, giving a place for people like me to enjoy and experience and make music. So I'm from Paris. I've been here for like maybe 10, 11 years and quite early on. I, I think it started off with moving into a Camelot property. You know, it's like this Guardian thing. The first one was actually in Stock Newington in a kind of like weird old house. And then, and then we got moved into a massive warehouse in Elephant Castle. And I kind of was a clique for me. I just had loads of space where I could skate in my living room and play some drums at any time of the night and also have other people congregate, bring some instruments and get something going. And so that was, a pe- on a personal level, it was like, it opened my mind a lot and, you know, and the creative process was completely new. From then I just started, like, living in warehouses and checking out a few squats also in South London. There was a few ones, there was a lift and hoist, which used to be like a well, dishes warehouse where people kind of built all kinds of stuff. Colorama in um, Elephant Castle was a massive infrastructure as well. It, it was like the headquarters of this printing factory, and they just like got it out and made it super nice. They made a theater in there, a cinema and exhibition space, a studio, like in no time, and just with like DIY. Um, they didn't have any money, and they made it happen. So that was definitely an inspiration. These days, it's got a little bit more difficult because there's such a demand space especially mm. in east london i think it was, it's quite a bit of luck actually that came into this I, I was actively looking for a space and i just got looking on gumtree everywhere just like my house like on a few warehouses and i knew this space here and uh, just found it really badly advertised on gumtree and then uh, there's lots of like negotiation and boring times to start with and to convince the landlord that we'd be the right ones and to be honest i think it's like the the, the, the state of the place where we found it and the rent that the guy was asking, I don't think there's many people would have been crazy enough to go for it, you know? And I was the crazy, stupid one too. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you know that you could make it work? You were weighing up the amount of work that you had to put into it and, um, and you know, the rent you had to pay. How, how, what, was the, what was going through your mind? When I you... just need uh, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Not as much as there is now. There's even more stuff going on in my mind to make this place work. But... Um, 
Well, it's just like I'd seen loads of warehouses, and this one was just like the the, the layout of it was perfect. I knew the place from when it used to be a Jamaican social club, and uh, but I didn't know all the rooms, so I found out there was like um, kind of like offices at the front, and kind of like a venue bit in the middle, and two studios at the back, and. What I wanted to do first was a studio, but there was all these other spaces. And it was, I was in a period of my life also where like, I knew, I said to know quite a lot of people who were into music and needed space. So it was a good time for me to move in there and for also like, to get all these people involved. So, yeah. so the studios were the first things that you got going? That was the first bit, yeah, the yeah. rehearsal studio. And then, um, then a year later we got um, Christian Craig Robinson, aka Capital K, to uh, move all these recording equipment it just it's funny when you go a space and then like people are generally quite keen to 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 use it if they got equipment they'll bring it for people to use it as well but so that they can do their thing so mm. it happened quite quickly we got christian and max hallett from this band called soccer 96 who brought this drum kit and then loads of people kind of naturally came i like to, to call it the plot it's like i've basically surrounded myself with my favorite musicians in london and uh, I like to call them the Total Refreshment House Band. And yes, like I'd love to eventually get a, kind of have a label where we would regularly put out uh, the output of all these guys because they all have, they could all make like individual albums. At the moment, there's a few, uh, there's a few albums that have already been made. Uh, a band that's kind of like almost been born from the studio because they met in there and recorded everything rehearsed. So you've got the studios, and that's been going for two years. And now, now you've got this new venue newish um so what what are the plans for that what have you got in mind well basically we're giving this a go because it's it's a massive challenge for us like it's not we've like we've got like a massive amount of funding as it is because we've always done things diy and but we've got a, i've got a dream and let's see if we can make it happen and so it's like we've got quite a big even space now where we can have screenings uh, exhibitions gigs obviously and uh, all kinds of stuff we're gonna open one of the rooms as a listening room and uh, online radio and um, and kind of record shop but also like a yeah, social place for people to come and listen to music meet up have a coffee talk about music talk about projects maybe with the hope that like projects will come out of it I often meet people who come from somewhere else and started something in a, not their maternal language in a different place and it just seems to be there's more of this incentive to get something going when it's not your home. <laughs> Why yeah. do you think that is? How does that work? I think like since I've been in London there's a I've always told myself, and it's probably why a lot of like foreign people actually s- said they're coming for a few years and then ne- never really leave. <laughs> I hope like one day I'll be able to uh, retire in France. But it's it's that thing of like, um, you know, I'll go back, I'll go back home once I've like achieved what I've come here to do, and that's kind of still not so defined. But uh, there's always something for me to achieve. I'm still like after two years, it's, I know there's still a lot to do to make it sustainable it is, it is a massive change and I think it always will be and it's in any kind of job you will have to like challenge yourself again and again it's not going to be easy it's always going to be ups and downs because at the moment the total refreshment has very much been a, like it's a scene and it's underground and all that stuff but quite like to get to a point where it's, it's well documented enough so that you know if for example this place goes for whatever reason because I'm we never know like the, the actual landlord might want to build a building on top of it and make this a car park or whatever I'd like to have the total refreshment to be able to bounce back on like yeah, record label, uh, festival maybe, and just to kind of 
yeah, turn it around if, if this place had to go. So. so what's the ultimate goal? What's your vision? <laughs> well, uh, there's dreams and then there's reality. Like, uh, Well, for this place, I look at other examples of places that have happened in the past and to have a venue like, with really good sound and good, good acts that we could record and then do limited editions of the recordings in the shop. There's one thing I'm quite militant about is any production, be it like a recording, a video, whatever, to to have people experience it in like not just on a laptop, not just on their own in front of a computer, but just to actually come together and celebrate the fact that someone has put the effort in doing something. So you just heard Alexi there from the Total Refreshment Centre. And it's actually quite good to, to hear about, uh, him about talking about the radio station. We're actually recording a radio show here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was um, early days and uh, it was just an idea when I recorded that interview. And it's happened very quickly. So mm. it's nice to be one of the first um, yeah. people on, on the station. So quite privileged <laughs> indeed um just so you know we're east castro and you can get in touch if, uh, with us if you want on twitter and facebook east castro or check all our interviews listings and music online at eastcastshow.com so next up something from the label communion who will be presenting a showcase by an act that was originally the work of lone Yorkshireman Scott Johnson. But now he's um, turned this project into a five-piece band called Goodbye Channel. Um, this single was released last week, so it's hot off the press. Um, so this is Goodbye Channel with Mama. They're playing at the Waiting Room on the 13th of November. <laughs>
was Goodbye Channel with Mama. And uh, they'll be live at the waiting room on the 13th of November. And that's a free gig as long as you RSVP. So we'll put details of that on our website. Now, we are halfway through Photo Month. It's an international photographic festival right here in East London, spanning across hundreds of venues, literally. And, but not just your traditional galleries. They use spaces like uh, disused shops and churches. So, you know, you can literally see, see these amazing uh, photographs anywhere uh, around the borough. Here's the director, Maggie Pinhorn, to tell us what's coming up in November. Hi, I'm Maggie Pinhorn from Alternative Arts and I am the director of Photo Month East London. So Photo Month, you've been going since 2001. Yes. In that time, it seems to have grown so much. Can you tell me a little bit about the history of it? So in the first year, in 2001, I think we had about um, 15 different spaces, galleries participating. Now it's hundreds, of course, but it took off as an idea and also because we gave them um, an open call so that people could create their own exhibitions in not just galleries, but other spaces as well, like um, shops, restaurants, cafes, community centres, churches, hospitals, you name it. There's absolutely no reason why exhibitions can't happen anywhere and everywhere. And the photographers, are they all from East London or are they from all over? The photographers can be from anywhere, anywhere in the world. We live in a world capital city and they do come from everywhere and uh, a lot of them also come from the East End of London and have been documenting and working in the East End of London for a very long time. And you've got a theme, haven't you? It's called Imagining the East End. We don't always have a theme, um, but we felt that it was important to look at the East End and imagine it um, because the East End isn't just as people as, as, as a traditional image which people thought of um, it's changed a huge amount not least because you know the, of the Olympics and various other things but also because the population here has changed hugely and different groups have populated it over time over history so um, the East End isn't just a particular one particular area in East London it's all over um, and uh, it's a good idea to use your imagination as to what it might be or what it could be or what it has been. And so this year we've also engaged a, a lot of local archives. Um, and I think that's very important. So to, you know, the, there is a historical base and a, and a location base to this idea, but it can be interpreted in any way you want. Um, so Photo Month is running throughout October and November. Yes. Photo Months. Yes. <laughs> what are some of the highlights that people can expect? Oh, well, a huge, remarkable range of shows and events. I mean, for instance, um, they've got a wonderful cafe crawl in Roman Road by a photographer that's been working in the East End for many years called David Hoffman. And so up and down Roman Road, there's four different cafes which are all showing work by him fantastic work. There's also things like Hackney Library. There's a, a show about Romania and Romanian children up at the Barbican. There's a remarkable show called Constructing Worlds about photography and architecture. Over at the depot, there's a whole show about the deserted village, which is a whole set of studios in East London that have been vacated, and they're all photographs of the artists that were living in there. So you can see there's a huge range, and not least our opening show, at the Cass Gallery, which is called Imagining the East End and features a lot of really well-known photographers like Tom Hunter and Stephen Gill and um, Don McCullen and people like that, where you can see full 
huge range of wonderful images in the East End. I was just thinking of the film Finding Vivian Meyer, which mm. I, I saw recently, wonderful. about the, the nanny who, yes. who did photography and she was completely undiscovered. Mm. Are, are there these sort of hidden treasures? Is that what a little bit of an element of what Photo Month is about? Oh, of? absolutely, yes, because I think there's a great um, there's a set of opinion about what is a good photograph, who is a good photographer, mm. but you can never just say that. Mm. You, there will always be people who have hidden away or have great ideas or there's a whole group of young people that want to show their work, which is a different approach to photography. There's always something new to discover. Um, and it's important that people have an opportunity to show it. You just don't want it all just hidden away. Although I must admit, whoever found the suitcase of Vivian Meyer must be thrilled to bits. In fact, I saw the film as wonderful, absolutely great. Yes, no, I think that's very good about photography, that element of discovery, of, and also the, the different perception, what you perceive, how, how people see things differently. Mm. It's a very, very good way of understanding how people see things differently. If you and I stood together and took a photograph of the same thing, they would be different. Mm. This is what makes a wonderful and different photograph. I know that people say, oh, but everybody's got a camera or everybody's got a phone, but then everybody's got a pen and everybody's got a paintbrush. Mm. So really, that's an irrelevance to the, the idea of photography. You know, it's, it, it, you soon work out who's really good and who is really artistic. So that was uh, Maggie Penhorn uh, from Photo Month, and it kicks off November uh, with a preview party at the Rich Mix on um, Bethnal Green Road, and um, that's on the 6th of November from 6pm. So check out our website for details, and you are listening to Eastcast, the Total Refreshment Centre. I'm Anna Xavier, and um, still to come on the show, we have DJ Lind... Uh, oh my god, it's so big that I can't even say it properly. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. DJ Legend Newton Dunbar, and uh, Barney Thomas from uh, Clapton's online magazine, Wiley Badger. Um, I, with that photo month piece, I like the fact that um, it's also... So you're discovering different venues around the East End, but also it's an archive of what people's photographic vision of the East End is as mm-hmm. well at the same time. So it's kind of a double journey of this, this kind yeah, of... Yeah, exactly. Um, and a lot of them, are, I think, are archive photos um, from the past. They so are, it's yeah. a real kind of historical journey around... Especially um, most people wouldn't know these days. Most people that live that live in here, like myself, I am foreigner, so I wouldn't know about the, this, the history of the area. And it's good to know, to know at least I am interested... No, it's a, it's a nice, it's a, um, definitely worth checking out and, and doing a kind of trajectory, doing a little journey and um, from venue to venue and, and, you know, taking three or four in one day or evening, I think it's a, a nice way to do it. So um, on to some more music. Um, I'm going to play something from an album which was created from a collaborative gig uh, featuring Japanese but East London best um, East London-based prog rock band Bo Ningen, and we've actually uh, interviewed them a long time ago on this show, and uh, female rockers Savages, and um, they had this kind of Dadaist um, cabaret Voltaire kind of idea of performing a sonic poem, where the two bands are literally playing a conversation to each other so they're kind of facing each other when they're playing and they're like playing at each other it's, it's quite a nice idea um, and um, so after this gig they decided to make this into an album and it's called Words to the Blind uh, it makes quite interesting listening 
Um, they are performing some of this at Rough Trade East on November the 18th. Um, you have to pre-order the album and you get a wristband and then you can As go usually. at the usual Rough Trades thing. But they're also performing this live at the Oval Space on the 19th of November. Um, so this is Savages and Boningen with Words to the Blind. And it's an, actually um, an extract from this because it hasn't been released yet. with Words to the Blind. And I met Barney Thomas, uh, the founder of 
online magazine and paper magazine, uh, The Wiley Badger, and um, it focuses on Clapton. And we sat in Midfield Park in Clapton and uh, he told me all about it. I'm Barney Thomas and I co-founded Wiley Badger which is a magazine media events company for Clapton and the surrounding area. Why are you concentrating on Clapton? There's a load of change in the area. It's big enough that I think there's a big enough reach but also it's small, there's a definite community feel here and it's just a really nice area. I love it here. So what kind of things do you cover? A lot of food and drink in the area, all the new pubs, restaurants, cafes, community events. We're doing a lot of articles at the moment on the local entrepreneurs, construction in the area. Well, not really construction, but development and music, that sort of thing. And why do you think this area in particular is expanding so quickly? You know, there's so many new businesses uh, opening and people moving into the area. What's, what's the appeal? First of all, there's all this green space. We're sitting in Millfields Park now. We've got the marshes. We've got the canal. I think it's great for families. The schools have shot up in terms of ratings. I think it it used to be quite a dodgy area. It used to have Murder Mile, but now it's a lot safer. There's lots of big Victorian buildings. Um, So tell us a little bit about Wiley Badger. What's the format and what's the ambition It started out as a blog which just covered food and drink and events in the local area and then we had an opportunity to do a print magazine which is something myself and my colleague Sarah were really keen to do and we're hoping now to publish that quarterly and then just grow it really and redesign the website and start putting on events. For the upcoming issue we're doing an article on RARA which is a group of architects who are doing some really interesting stuff. In the previous edition we did an article about a analogue photography studio which um, uses old fashioned techniques and there's some really beautiful photographers and artists working there. Also articles about local businesses in the area and how they've adapted to Clapton and why they've chosen Clapton. So rather than putting on articles about one-off events it's more about stuff that you can read in a couple of years time and it still be of interest we're trying to concentrate on very local stuff we're distributing only in hackney most of the copies go out into clapton uh, hackney central hackney downs and then we're also putting some in dalston hackney wick possibly even more from today this time so through talking to all these local businesses and the people of Captain, what do you see the, the kind of future of the area? Can you give us some sort of insight into where it's going? The danger is it could turn into a bit of an Islington where it loses its edge slightly. What's great at the moment is that you've got a bit of edge to the two Clapton. You've got this green space. You've got some really nice businesses. It's difficult to tell. I know that um, Chatsworth Road has been through a lot of debate about in- incoming gentrified services like fancy cafes and things like that versus the local shops so that's something that people are having to deal with is that something that you've come across through talking 
with businesses in the area are people worried about that at all or is it is it a concern or is it are people just embracing it i'd say that for a lot of the businesses it's, it's good because more wealth's being brought into the area but there are certain businesses that are getting priced out uh, particularly on chatsworth road and lower clapton road so the danger is that you're going to get a certain type of a shop or restaurant or business I think a lot of people are worried about it and there is a lot of will to keep the area as is keep I guess people from setting up this certain type of business but then on the other hand the argument is that it's this kind of business that is bringing people into the area and creating wealth and more business for everyone else so it's it's an interesting balance i guess definitely and i think the key is the key is the balance at the moment i think it's it's good it's about right it's just hopefully we can keep the balance of the old and new businesses in the area yeah because i think there is really a community feel about this area and i i guess that's what drew you to it in the first place you do feel like people know each other and there is a kind of more of a villagey feel than you would have for example in Islington or somewhere else yeah definitely and it's it's quite funny how nice all the businesses are to each other they're all promoting each other everyone seems to get on pretty well so what's next for the Wiley Badger our next magazine's out just before Christmas um, so concentrating on that we're redesigning the website and then who knows really we've got a couple of offshoot ideas that are in in the planning but we're just trying to grow the team uh, get bigger extend our reach and uh, become more professional really so I think we'll be hearing more from the Wiley Badger in um, days to come and it's actually a very nicely printed and produced magazine so it's something as um, Barney said it's something you actually want to keep it's not one of these kind of uh, broadsheets or uh, free newspapers that you just read in the cafe and then leave you actually want to take it home with you and, and keep it I like the name yeah good name but he just picked it out of the air didn't he yeah apparently so um, yeah there's no real reason behind it um, some more music um, played Cat Power before we're all fans on the show I think yeah um, and she hasn't actually released anything new since her album Sun in 2012 um so she's playing at union chapel on tuesday the 11th of november which isn't quite east london but it's near enough um the gig's actually sold out but you know you might be able to get tickets online there's always ways um so rather than play um something from sun what i thought i'd play is a remix of a track called satisfaction um and this is by a producer called marcus topfer and um yeah so this cat power with satisfaction Thank you. 
with satisfaction. Now, Newton Dunbar started up the iconic reggae club, The Four Aces, in Dalston over 30 years ago. But even today, he is still a legendary character in this neck of the woods, and for all the right reasons, we say. Here, he's talking about his legacy, his eventful life, and how he's still very much burning the candle at both ends. journey and I've come along, I've concluded that we start something by our actions 
and this was preordained to happen. We have a great part in it because we go through the motions of enacting it. Everything is connected to the past in the sense that in the beginning, the past was very relevant. And in my concept, the only truth because it has already happened. So eventually, the past will connect into the future. I'm fortunate in a lot of ways because the story of my life has been told in a documentary and I'm, I'm aware that I'm acclaimed as a legend but the main thing is that I remain me. In my quiet moments I accept me as not a perfect creature but I've not hurt anybody I'm aware of. I carry no malice for anybody because I view these things as a burden and I dispense with any such thing. I will aspire to do what is ace and that's now attached to my working name. Number one, because providentially it was part of the business that I was involved in for a very long time and in manifesting something that is new I also like to connect with my past life which was the four aces here I come here I come the domination Jamaica and grew up there for most of my life. I came to London when I was just over 17 years old and my primary intention was to study. I came to London in 1956. There was no venue or there was no particular environment where people who came from different places or mainly in my case from the West Indies could find as a relaxive atmosphere and at the end of the week people needed to have some form of relaxation and entertainment and West Indians are very creative people in their own right and especially when it comes to entertainment People used their own initiative and inventiveness and they created what was later called the blues dances and that consists of people with spare room or a basement that they converted into a party atmosphere at weekend and of course because there were far and few in betweens they received a massive in attendance. There was no club at all for West Indians to attend. The only clubs that were in situ at the time were in the West End, like the Astoria, and they used to do ballroom dancing. It's not the sort of music or dancing that West Indians were used to. And at that time, there was a great prejudice in, in force. And 
even the places that were functioning were not very kind or encouraging to people from the West Indies. Me and a few of my friends used to occasionally go to these places in the West End and we used to see how it functioned. And in those days I had jukeboxes which accommodated the music and dispensed it. And they didn't really even have the numbers that we actually were used to or were interested in. But eventually they got them in and that was okay. started thinking, you know, wouldn't it be good to have a venue in situ where we could come freely and would provide the sort of music in the terms that we like, because in Jamaica there are these sound systems which had giant boxes, etc. But I started thinking, wouldn't it be good to find a premises and to organize it from our perspective? And as it happened, fate or providence took a hand. We used to go to a club in Highbury, what was then a basement of a guest house in Aberdeen Park. And in, in the basement there was a jukebox and a few of us used to go there. And it was during that time that actually fate did take a hand because the owner of these premises, he asked a man us if we were interested in running it. And of course, me and three other friends say, Yeah, we'd love to. Money started coming in, and you know, it kind of made me think to some extent about giving up the day job, <laughs> but I continued, and it reached a certain peak where I thought this is getting too big for the premises that we had. So it was then that I started looking around for larger premises. And that's when we found Dalston Lane. So 10 months into initiating a club with partners and then boiling down to where I was left holding the baby, so to speak, we moved with the name intact, and that's when the Four Aces was born at Dalston Lane. We actually went into doing promotions on another level where we introduced live bands. There came this man called Desmond Decker, who managed somehow to get in the British charts, because at the time, black music was not played by the media and he went into the British charts with a song called Israelites and um, it went to number one during that time we acquired a booking through the agency that we dealt with commercial entertainment so we got Desmond Dicker who was just a local reggae singing guy from Jamaica for more or less a song. And of course, 
During that time, he went to number one in the British charts, so you can imagine the kerfuffle. He satisfied a hunger for people who came from the West Indies and also English people who were very curious about this black guy being number one in the chart. Of course, that night was phenomenal. If you can imagine, clubs didn't afford to have people who was number one in the charts, but we did it. So you can hear the rest of that fascinating story on our website. And that's Newton Dunbar talking about his life and the next chapter, which is um, intriguing. So our website is eastcastshow.com. Well, and obviously all other interviews and listings and music are also on our website. But we uh, make sure that we always drop a tweet or a Facebook post every now and again. So you can, you know, relate to that and then let us know what you're up to as well. Um, Pearl, any music? Yeah, so I'm going to leave you with a final track. And actually, this is relevant to the Total Refreshment Centre where we are recording uh, this show. Um, live, which is why it's been quite fun and chaotic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's a really nice new sound by a trio called Joey Four, um, who recently played right here. And actually, they're going to be playing soon at um, the Yard in Hackney Wick on the 22nd of November. So um, this is from a mini album that they released, which is actually on sale here as well. called um i don't know what it's called (laughs) yes i do it's called yorch uh, with two h's and they are joey four with two r's they like double double letters at the end of things um so the track i'm gonna play is boys to girls and um just before we set out to the night there's enough time to say that we've been in scars here at the total refreshment center and you can find all about what we do uh, and about our east london discoveries at eastcastshow.com and um well thanks for listening Eat the sun.